0: What are you searching for? So what are you searching for? So, what are you searching for? This is the third week of this fascinating series that we developed after looking at tons and tons of Google searches to figure out what are the top four things that people are searching for in Google. On Google, that reflects our deepest and innermost longings. And uh, so, let's just take a moment and just pray. God, I'm just praying for a miracle today. I'm praying that you'd move supernaturally in the life of the person that's listening, that you would connect what she or he is searching for, to the unique and incredible love that is found in you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, listen, uh, two weeks ago, uh, we dealt with uh, the search for love. And last week, we talked about the search for purpose. And if you missed those two uh, weeks of teaching, make sure you just go to our website and, uh, and engage, uh, engage those messages. They are there and they are available for you. Uh, and they're also there and available for friends and relatives that may be struggling with the same issue. Today, I want to talk about what was the third most popular search that people are searching for all over the world. And that is an answer to the question of loneliness in our lives. And here are some examples of, uh, of the actual searches uh, that was... Uh, That we found in the search engine as we did this research people are typing in loneliness or belonging feeling lonely social isolation feeling lost how to stop feeling lonely i feel so lonely sad and lonely cure for loneliness self-isolation and here is perhaps the ultimate summary of the whole thing some person typed i feel hopeless and lonely is that a description for you in this pandemic dealing with being shut in. Perhaps you or someone you know is struggling with COVID-19. Maybe a relationship has fallen apart. Does this really, does this kind of speak for you? I feel hopeless and lonely. I want you to keep that in the back part of your mind as I'm gonna read the text that we're gonna be looking at. And if you've been with us for the last uh, couple of weeks, you, you know that this is kind of the text we've been digging into and looking at from different angles. And really this story starts in Mark chapter 10. Uh, it really starts at verse 46. Jesus is coming out of Jericho. There's a man on the side of the road that they describe as, the text describes as a blind beggar. This is a busy road leading into Jerusalem. And it's Passover, tons of people, hundreds of people are passing. And this guy hears that Jesus is coming through, and here's what the text says. And and just keep this notion. I feel hopeless and lonely in the back of the mind, in the back of your mind. When Bartimaeus heard that Jesus of Nazareth was nearby, he began to shout, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. Be quiet. Many of the people yelled at him, but he only shouted louder. Son of David, have mercy on me. I love this part. When Jesus heard him, he stopped and said, tell him to come here. Tell him to come to me. It's a powerful verse, powerful verse. So here's the question. Is there an antidote for loneliness? Does God have an answer for the person who says, I feel hopeless and lonely? You know, as I think about this, I think about the song that Elvis Presley used to sing years ago when I was a teenager, it's called Heartbreak Hotel. And the refrain in that song was, uh, I feel so lonely, I could die. Somebody's listening to me now and perhaps that describes your situation and you're asking the question, is there an antidote for loneliness? Does God have an answer for my loneliness? Or I'm thinking about uh, the emotions. Back in the 70s, they used to sing a song, what do the lonely do at Christmas? It's a reminder that, that Christmas is a horrendous time if you're working through Loneliness. Here's what the statistics tells us that during this pandem- pandemic, one of the groups that is dealing with long- loneliness perhaps uh, in unexpected ways are young adults between the age of, uh, of 18 and 30. And then of course there are those who are living alone and then there are those who are struggling to make ends meet and those who are unemployed and those uh, who are already dealing with some form of mental health uh challenges all categories where loneliness keeps popping up and if you're a middle schooler or a high schooler i can just tell you just because of fluctuation of hormones and the fickleness of the kids who are in middle school and high school you're going to be dealing with some loneliness Oh, you may be dealing with loneliness now is there an antidote with that in the back part of your mind let me just give you three what i want to call helpful insights that's really going to kind of be guide rails and shape the direction where i want to Um, go with this teaching. The first helpful insight is this. Solitude does not always equal loneliness. Solitude, meaning being by yourself. It's possible to be by yourself and not be lonely. Take my daughter, for example. She's the opposite of her dad. I'm an extrovert, as you might be able to you might discern from this teaching (laughs) she's an introvert, right? And and so from time to time she's in the living room or in her room and she's been in there hours. She's hanging out and chilling and so forth and so on. I miss her and I go in there and say, hey, you know, are you feeling lonely? You want to hang out with dad? You know, want to do something? And she looks at me and I can translate that look, that look, that look says dad, did I text you or call you or invite you in any kind of way to, to disrupt my solitude <laughs> but she is so sweet <laughs> that what she actually says is no dad and she smiles <laughs> I'm okay <laughs> but I could see I can read <laughs> solitude does not always equal loneliness on the other hand some of you know what it's like to be in a crowd and to be the life of the party and at the same time be the most lonely person in the room So loneliness is not always about the proximity of people. The second insight that I want to call out is that loneliness can be a warning light. In this sense, I want you to suggest that loneliness should and ought to be treated in a sense as a positive thing. It's 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 the red light flashing on your dashboard as you're driving. If the, if the red light comes on your dashboard and says "check engine," it doesn't mean that in the next five minutes. Usually, it doesn't mean in the next five minutes <laughs> the engine is going to explode. <laughs> what it's saying is there's something here you need to pay attention to, and over the course of the next several days or the next several weeks, you need to you you need to check under the hood. Can somebody just type uh, "check under your hood," right? A uh, 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 shout "check under my hood." See what's under the hood, you know, and uh the Great Britain in 2018 uh a study revealed that six to 18 percent of the total population of Great Britain check this out was wrestling with loneliness and uh Prime Minister Theresa May figured out at that moment that that's a flashing light <laughs> it's saying we need to pay attention to something because long-term loneliness impacts productivity uh it, it 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 performance uh social I- engagement uh, it increases depression levels right it even has a, an impact on the physiological physiological impact, impact scientists have found on your brain she said we need to do something about this this is a big deal you know what she did she appointed a minister of loneliness that's a cabinet level position that reported to her and she said we've got to come up with a strategy so if this loneliness in your life and it feels extended, it's a flashing light, flashing light. The third thing you keep in mind is that often a cry to alone is what's actually hidden in this notion of being lonely. It's this cry of "place to belong, a place to belong. Now, here's what I really want you to get, uh, because it's going to inform why I'm moving in this direction, this teaching. Here's the deal. God has made us uh, body, mind, and soul. And so often we try to deal with the loneliness in our lives through physiological ways, physical ways, right? Sometimes we try to deal with it through emotional, psychological ways, can't find solutions. And there, there are appropriate and inappropriate ways to deal with loneliness in both of those categories. But I want to suggest that we're body, mind, and soul, that the best place to begin your strategy to deal with your loneliness, the best place to discover that, yes, there is an antidote for your loneliness, that God does have an answer for loneliness in your life, is to start at the place on the level of your soul. The deepest part of who you are. The eternal part of who you are. The part of you that longs for God. And here's the quote that I want to suggest that you, uh, uh that you, that you take a picture of, right? If your soul can resolve the question of belonging, is there a place for my soul? Or does my soul feel lost and displaced, right? Is there, is there, is there, is there a place for, for my soul? If your soul can resolve the question of belonging, then you can successfully not eliminate loneliness, loneliness forever, but you can successfully navigate the challenge of loneliness as you, as, it, as you move through broken life. Is there a place for my soul? Central question. Look what the great theologian uh, Augustine of Hippo said. One of the fathers of the early church. Here's his prayer: "Thou hast made us for Thyself, O Lord, and our heart is restless, heart. Just think of heart as another word for soul. It's restless until it finds its rest in Thee." here's the theological insight body mind and soul god has shaped us in such a way that, that 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 our soul longs to find its purpose and its rest and its meaning its place of belonging in god but if we're unaware of that we're trying to to, to find that for our soul in other places So for some of us, loneliness is just uh, the flashing light that says that you've kind of mislocated your soul. You can type that in the chat. (laughs) Just type, do I have a mislocated soul? (laughs) In the chat. All right, so here's where I'm going with this, right? Jesus' love is God's gift for a lonely soul. Jesus' love is God's gift for love. of Okay, let's get back to this text, and I want to just drive this home. And I, I, I and if you were with us over the last couple of weeks, you can see the bridge that I'm about to build between this unique love that we find in Jesus and God's antidote for loneliness that begins in the human soul. Here's the text. So he says, Son of David, have mercy on me. They say uh be quiet but then the text says but he shouts louder bartimaeus does son of david have mercy on me And when jesus heard him jesus stopped this is one of my favorite i love this he stopped and said tell him to come to me now, now the first thing i want you to hear is the loneliness of bartimaeus his soul crying out we hear nothing about his family. We hear nothing about his friends. We have no idea how he gets to the side of the road where he's sitting, he's crying out for help. And, and you may remember, I said a few weeks ago, he's blind. So, so he's crying out to the people who are passing by before Jesus gets there, have mercy, have compassion. Can you, can you spare a little change? And they're just by the hundreds passing by and ignoring him to most of them he's invisible they don't see him they don't hear him Uh, and and that translates that they they have no sense of value for him and i can almost hear him crying out at least thinking as he's crying out right Does, does does anybody see me does anybody hear me does anybody care enough let me translate it. It, 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 it. Is it possible that I can find a place, just a little place, just a little place of compassion in somebody's heart? Is there, is there potentially a place for me in somebody's in somebody's heart? Because I told you that really that's the best definition for love, that we all long. To, 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 to have someone in our life that sees all of us flaws and strengths but still embraces, us that hears the deep cries of our heart and moves towards us that values us whether we're up whether we're down where we're successful where we're failures uh, and loves us with an everlasting love and we find expressions of this type of love in parents and spouses and girlfriends and siblings but it is most perfectly expressed in Jesus and 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 I want to suggest that the the cry of Bartimaeus' heart was is there anybody around uh, uh, who who cares enough who who can love enough who who, who, who will make space for me in their hearts all right now write this little insight now this is a good insight for you check it out Oftentimes, we our soul is crying out about our loneliness but it cries out in a disguised language Right. He, he said, have mercy on me. Can you spare some change? But he's really crying for something more. And so often our soul are crying out and and, and but it, it comes it comes in some unique ways. Right. It, 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 it's the it's the high school is saying, you know, I just want to fit in with that group of kids over there. It's it, it's really the cry of the soul. It, it, it's the person that's saying, uh, if, if I, uh, I just need another drink to kind of settle what's going on in the inside. It's really the cry of the soul. It's, it's the individual who says, one more physical encounter will, will, will help me feel like I'm a real man. It's, it's, but really, it's the cry of the soul. It's the cry of the soul. It's the person who keeps eating past being full. Could it be the cry of the soul crying out in a disguised language? Is there a place for me? and what i love about this wonderful story that as 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 the soul cries out suddenly on the scene jesus shows up and essentially jesus says here i am here, 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 here i am i am he who You've been looking for you've been sitting here day after day and week after week and going from person to person to person But here I am I'm the ultimate place of your belonging you See all of us desire to have all of us desire to have a unique place in somebody's heart all of us desire to have a unique place in Somebody's mind that that when they wake up in the morning We feel like they're thinking about us that they're caring for us and Jesus shows up and says here. I am I'm I'm God at your address and I'm proof I know your name you know you don't need I I came here looking for you because I've got an empty place in my heart it's got your name Zacchaeus Uh, it's got your name Bartimaeus own it bring him to me because what he's looking for what his soul is crying for is in me I call it a Jesus kind of love, guys. And here's what Jesus' love says. Jesus' love says, uh, look, Jesus' love says, I love you. Jesus' love says, uh, I want you. Jesus' love says, I picked you. Jesus' love says, I chose you. So anyone who feels disconnected, dislocated, that you don't exist in somebody's heart, that you don't exist in somebody's mind. Here's what Jesus says in Ephesians. Here's what what the scripture says in Ephesians uh, 1. Look at what he says. says, uh, Paul says, even before God made the world, God loved us, God loved you. And God chose us, God chose you in Christ to be holy without fault in god's eyes meaning the the sacrifice that jesus has made on Calvary cross to pay the price for our brokenness and our sins come on makes it possible for us to to be dressed in the righteousness of god and when he sees us uh, uh, of christ and when god sees us he sees us through the life of his son isn't that amazing come on now and without fault in his eyes and god decided in advance to adopt us to adopt you do you have a place to belong your cruel soul is crying out is there an antidote what is god's answer for my loneliness here it is he he decided to adopt us to adopt you into his own family by bringing us to himself through jesus christ this is what he wanted to do, and it brought him great pleasure. And that Jesus shows up in, <laughs> on Bartimaeus Street and says, Here am I. Whew. But in order to access this place of belonging, it requires a yes from you. Not just an acknowledgement, but a yes. Not just an awareness, but a but a yes from you. A yes is required to access this belonging. You notice what happens in the text. The text says uh, in, in, in Mark, notice ten. When Jesus heard him, he stopped and said, "Tell him to come here." So they called the blind man. They said to him, "Cheer up!" They said, "Come on, he's calling you. He's calling you." And and and, and evidently, what, what is it? What is what is Barnabas? He says yes. And the next verse says they they, they find him struggling up. He throws off his coat. And the people go and they help him. and, And they find a way to bring him to Jesus. Right? They find a way to bring him to Jesus. He said yes. And then. Jesus says, well, what do you want me to do for you? He says, well, look, I wanna see. And you know, this is the ultimate prayer that all of us who have souls that are crying out, yes, Jesus can heal us and bless us miraculously, physically, physically but even deeper than that, those of us who have a soul that's that's crying out for an antidote to loneliness, the real cry is, God, I wanna see. I wanna see how you've made a provision for a place for me to belong through your son, Jesus. <laughs> the text says, Jesus says to him, well, go, go your way. Your faith has healed you. And, and, and he expects, I talked about this last week, he expects Bartimaeus to go, but, but, but in that encounter with, with Jesus' love and discovering he had a place in Jesus' heart, it shifts Barnabas' ultimate, why? And what does Bartimaeus do? He ends up following Jesus or let me say it another way when he experienced jesus's love he discovered that that was a quiet invitation for him to say yes to the place of belonging that he had in jesus's heart what about you what about you huh so the insight take this down spiritual belonging invites us intimacy let me let me describe to you how I how I describe. Here's the biblical explanation for intimacy. In chapter two, it says uh, it says that God, you know, he he understands that loneliness is dangerous because he says it is not good for man to be alone. And then out of that he comes Eve, and and most of us think about that as a precursor for marriage, but it's not just a precursor for marriage. Come on, it's a precursor for marriage, for family, for community, for a nation. It's it's God creating an answer to human loneliness. But it's not just people in your life. It's intimacy. And, and, and what the text describes when you get to the end of chapter 2, here's what it says about Adam and Eve before any sin enters into the picture. It says that both of them were naked and not ashamed. And what the text is saying is that that this is true intimacy. It's the ability to be fully exposed to another without fear or without shame. And ultimately, with that place, that is what our soul longs for. And we find that place perfectly in the presence of God, why? Because the text tells us something about Jesus, that he came and that while we were yet sinners, he died for our brokenness and our sins. He pays the price and, 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 and there is nothing about our lives that he doesn't know, that he hasn't accounted for in the crucifixion, atonement work of the cross. And we, stand, we can stand exposed without shame of fear always before him we can be fully honest after we've said yes can somebody shout yes you just type it in the chat yes all right so get this formula here's a formula uh, my friend um uh, uh, the pastor university of presbyterian church told me that his wife uh, said that when she was, her youth pastor taught her this formula about how to develop intimacy with God. And it makes sense here. It says talk plus time plus trust equals intimacy. Young people, it's possible for you to be a part of a youth group and still not have a relationship with Jesus because you don't spend any time talking to him. You don't even spend any time asking him questions. You don't spend any time listening and trying to discern how he speaks back to you. And Jesus is just waiting on the sidelines of your life. He says, it's really great that you have a youth group. It's really great that you're part of a faith community, but but, but he wants you also to have a one-on-one walk with, with him. And he said, well, how does it start? It starts with this formula. Talk with him more, but also listen more and look more for his answer, his interaction. Figure out how he interacts with your life. And that over time creates trust that leads to a place where you can always fully be exposed before Jesus' intimacy. And here's the point that I want you to know that Jesus says that I have a place for you in my heart and I'll never throw you away. I don't care how deep you fall and how great the failure, you'll never be discarded. You can walk away, but I'll never throw you away. And even when you walk away, I'm going to follow you because my grace... It's more than sufficient for whatever you're struggling with and wrestling with is incredibly powerful. So talk plus time plus trust equals intimacy. All right. So here's a summary. I want you to get this. I got to bring this to a close. What is God's, what is God's uh, answer for a lonely soul? Well, number one is intimacy with Jesus. That's it. But number two, and here's where I'm going to close, is also intimacy with a Jesus-centered community. All right, let me just point this out real quick. Mark ten 49. Let's go back to the text. When Jesus heard Bartimaeus, he stopped and said, tell him to come here. Now the wonderful word on the other side of that is, they go tell him, Jesus is calling for you. That's wonderful. So I hope somebody hear me now that, 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 that the cry of your lonely soul needs to hear that, that, that the love you seek is looking for you. Jesus is calling for you. He's got a place for you. Get that point. If, and all you gotta do is say yes. But I want you to notice that Jesus dispatches people to go to him. And, and, and in this small act, it is a reminder that, that whenever we initiate intimacy with Jesus, the next step for Jesus is to connect us to community to a Jesus-centered community. I say a Jesus-centered community because it's shaped by Jesus' values and by a Jesus' vision, right? And, and as a matter of fact, the whole Bible is about God trying to move people into a what is called a holy and a righteous and a and a, and a, and a, a set-aside, a special, unique community that's shaped by what I'm now calling Jesus' vision and Jesus' values. It's a special community, so whether you're reading about David or Sarah or Abraham or Rachel or Esther or whoever the character is in the Hebrew Bible, the Old Testament, it's they're always inside of it's their relationship with God and their relationship with community. God uses community. All right. Uh, let me, let me, so he sends them. And notice these are the people who were saying to him before, be quiet. It is reminded that sometimes people around Jesus, we people around Jesus, we we, we do mean, thoughtless, insensitive, uncaring things. And that is a reason why some of you say, I don't want anything to do with a Jesus-centered community, or in other words, a church. But I wanna just challenge you uh, that, that wh- wherever you experienced that hurt, that woundedness in the name of Jesus, come on, like these people, I'm sure that was hurtful what they said. Come on, charge it to their head, not to their heart. These folk, they just hadn't been around long enough for the, for the way Jesus loved to soak into how they should love. But notice Jesus transforming them, right? He says, he says to them, go tell him, I said, come here. You know what they had to do? They had to, in, in the kind of way they had to, they had to eat their own words, they had to turn around and say to him well hey, listen he he actually said he's calling you he, he's actually said he, you're on his agenda he's actually said you're important in other words we was really wrong about this and some of us listening in the church you need to we we need to be able to say you know we were kind of wrong about some of the folk that said that we thought jesus weren't interested in he's interested And no doubt they go and they help bring the man. And that is the establishment of relationship, the establishment of community. Jesus is subtle, but very, very thoughtful. He wants you to be in community. Let me end this message by saying this way. I just want to challenge you. There's no safer time to get inside of a church community than now. And I want to offer to you NBCC as a great church to start, wherever you are, in the Bay or in the world or in the country. As I, and, and because there's some transformation that takes place in a church community that only happens, it's the love of God pouring through. Watch this, broken people, broken people. Let me just tell you a couple examples. For example, I'm thinking about, uh, I'm thinking about, Eric and Rachel Chen, who now live in Ohio, but the love that they found in NBCC community is why they have remained connected and they continue to serve on our marriage retreat team virtually because they found a transformative love through and in broken people who've been saved by the grace of God. I'm thinking about uh, a group that I visited this Friday. They're a group of believers who are all uh, caring, long-term caregivers to their loved ones. But they come together virtually on a regular basis and they pray for one another, they care for one another. Watch this, they are fully exposed in the presence of one another and they have found grace and love. It's one of the most moving experiences for me to drop in on that and see how they're loving one another. That is found in a Jesus-centered community. I'm talking about the, 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 the lady who, uh, who after, one day after the death of her mom, made sure that her and her family pulled together hygiene kits and she brought them out because she said in the midst of her worst grief, it, it was being a part of this redemptive community that's helping others in the name of this Jesus that gave her strength. I'm talking about the power of being inside of a Jesus centered community so that the God who declares in Isaiah 43, do not be afraid for I am with you. Do not be discouraged discouraged. Come on now. Uh, 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 do not be afraid for I am your God. Do not be discouraged for I am with you. I will strengthen you and I will, I will help you and I will uphold you with my right hand. It's the same God that when Jesus was born, the angel declared, name him Emmanuel. He is God with us. He is the same one who is most best revealed in a Jesus-centered community through broken people who've been saved and redeemed and who are continuing to be redeemed and healed and made better by grace. So I wanna end this message with an invitation to say to you that part of God's answer for your loneliness is for you to have a relationship with Jesus. And part of God's answer for your loneliness is for you to have a relationship with a church community. And I want to offer you NBCC. Not perfect, but a faithful community. Amen? And amen. Praise God. Well, listen. Let me give you a chance to take a step give you a tip there's a connection card that's popping up on your screen right about now and uh and you can go to the app and see it and there's some next steps and there's and and one of the steps is is you can make a commitment to follow jesus and then there's some others and then there's a response to the message and here it is i'll take a step towards deepening my intimacy with god and with others and i want to challenge you to make one of those steps to make a commitment that that you'll take a step towards committing to NBCC, it might mean, look, I, I wanna join a serving team wherever you live in the world, or I wanna be a part of a small group. Those are steps. Oh, you know what, I'm just gonna, i make a commitment that I'm gonna watch the, 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 this worship gathering and the teaching on a weekly basis. That's a step, take a step. And then lastly, the reflection question, I wanna challenge you all, what is one step you can take towards deeper engagement with God and with others?